You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Today, I'm going to talk very, very briefly, as I have to get to an event down here in Kerry today, on sensitivity analysis. And I suppose I'll just refer you to a video that was done by Shane McElroy in um, Glambia or Tirlon, as it's known now, a couple of years ago. So if you Google uh, how to take a milk sample, uh, you'll see there how to prepare cows and so forth in order to take that sample. And that's very, very important. And look, sensitivity analysis is going to be a very important piece of the jigsaw in relation to drawing off cows over the next number of um or from from now on it's always been an important piece but it's going to be an even more important piece into the future what we're talking about here is i suppose that we want to make sure that in in many cases it's not necessarily the tube that you are going to use but it's to make sure that you don't use the tube that you shouldn't use um so milk sensitivity analysis is important to make sure that we get good cure rates um with blanket dry cow therapy uh, i suppose we were probably masking some of the the impact of our tubing in some cases in that a lot of cows never needed a tube in the first place. So they actually didn't, uh, when they responded more yet to the tube, it was seen as a success. So it's important that people will identify cows that have problems at the moment, identify the bacteria that's on the farm. And the only way to do that is to actually take milk samples. Now, how we take those milk samples is important because um, there's bacteria everywhere, as you'll be well aware. And obviously, we've been advocating people to wear gloves gloves while milking all the time for to, spend, to prevent the spread of bacteria from cow to cow and also to protect yourself from environmental bacteria that could cause people to get ill themselves. So when we're taking these milk samples, it's very important that we do this uh, in as hygienic a manner as possible, no different to, to, to drawing off the cow as well. So what we're talking about here is if we, uh, ideally, our scenario is that we will milk record um, identify our high cell count cows from the milk recording and from the milk recording then we'll move to CMT testing those cows that have been identified as having problems and identify their quarters and the reason for this is that I suppose uh, the solution to pollution is dilution is the is the a saying that some people may have heard in the past so if we're to draw a, a, an infected quarter into a milk sample bottle and then also draw milk from other uninfected quarters or diluting down the sample that the lab are going to be using in order to try to grow up that bacteria. And this is a process that takes a bit of time. It takes uh, about 30, oh, sorry, 72 hours, three days or so to do it. So ideally, we need to do this on a Monday morning, um, take these samples to the vets so that they can send them off on Monday or Tuesday at the latest. If they obviously get to the lab, then they get into the process of growing them on a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and you could potentially have results back within the end, by the end of the week in that scenario. Uh, if we send samples later, they probably aren't going to be processed in a lot of cases unless labs are working on a Saturday as well, which unless they're under major pressure, more than likely won't be in a lot of cases. So it would mean that there would be a bit of a time lag with getting your results. So as I said, the Firstly, from the point of view of the actual milk that we're sampling, we, we don't want the dilution there. And the other complication we want to avoid when taking the sample is that we introduce bacteria, external bacteria, we'll say, so from the environment itself into that milk uh, sampling tube as well. Um, so cleanliness of the animal in advance is obviously important. So teeth spraying or cleaning with methylated spirits will be an important piece of the jigsaw there in terms of making sure that we're only drawing the, the milk into the bottle. I suppose we also have to bear in mind that there can be debris on the on the other as well and on maybe on teats as well. So we want to be careful that we won't um, enter some put any of that into the bottle either. 
So I suppose ideally we're talking about preparing our cow in terms of either pre-spraying and, and cleaning. And then we're discarding the first couple of draws of milk uh, to the floor. And then we're taking our milk sample. And as I said, milk record to identify the cow. CMT test to identify the quarter, sample that quarter. Label the bottle with cow's number and, and maybe the quarter as well. And uh, then that sample needs to go on to kind of cool water or ice water maybe or into the fridge until such time as you're ready to take the, the samples to the um, to the vet for sending away. When we do send these away, as I said, they're grown up over a 72-hour period. And um, when we get our results back, then we're going to get a list of the, anti. Uh, we'll say it's for sensitivity, I suppose, and identifying the bacteria and the sensitivity as well. So we'll get a list back saying what the bacteria were at our sample. So we may have Staphylococcus identified for one sample. We may have Streptococcus or something, um, or Staphylococci, uh, uh, um, other forms of Staphylococci identified there, or maybe E. coli. Unlikely E. coli generally associated with around the spring, not generally associated with major causes of mastitis mid-season and so forth. And generally, it's uh, relatively passive because it either kills the cow or it gets cured. Um, so. As I said, we'll have our staff species or our streps maybe um, and they'll be identified on the sheet that you'll get and you need to discuss this with your vet so your vet, it's going to come back through the practice anyway so the vet will be knowledge, uh, aware of it and you need to talk to the vet about the actual type of bacteria that's on the farm then. Uh, I suppose the beauty of it, as I said, from the point of view of identifying the right tube to use is that you're going to get a list of the five or six antibiotics that are available. They will be more than likely re- um working off the actual antibiotic name rather than off of trade names. And bear in mind that while there are many different types of antibiotic uh, tubes out there, dry cow tubes out there, they're still only coming from four or five families of antibiotics at best anyway. So the four or five of those antibiotics will be identified there. What will also often be on it is um, the Tylosin injection. We'll say whether it's susceptible to Tylosin. So that's not available in the tube format. It's only available in an injection format. And you'll get a list down the bottom corner of the of the reports that I've seen anyway. It can vary, obviously, from lab to lab. Uh, identifying the product that the, is going to be, one, susceptible to, and also if there's a resistance. So generally, it's very similar to the sprays in terms of the herbicides that people will be using. You'll get a figure, or it'll say either S, susceptible, maybe sometimes it might say MS, or which would be moderate, moderately susceptible, or R, being resistant. As I said, there's uh, sometimes in conjunction with your vet, there may be some of the susceptible antibiotics that are showing up on the report that you may find that aren't working as well as you'd like them on your farm. So I suppose caution needs to be uh, um, adhered to there as well, so that if you know if something isn't really working for you that great, even though it's showing up as susceptible, it mightn't be the wisest move to use that as your dry cow tube to, to treat the cows that you are going to be treating. Uh, I suppose the most important thing is that uh, the resistance is shown and anything that you're resistant to is obviously not going to be effective and you should not be using a tube that's based on that ingredient and that's in that case. Now, uh, as you'll be aware, the options will be le- are less and less in relation to tubes because of the critically important antibiotics, the CIAs as they're called, um, have been removed from animal use. So some of the, we're back to kind of a lot of the basics, so like your your ampicillins and your cloxacillins. And in some, in most cases, they will still work quite well. Um, and it's just, as I said, it's very, very important that 
uh, your Keprovins and so forth will be available as well. But again, we need to be careful that we're not using tubes for the sake of using the tubes. We need to use them under veterinary instruction. And the reason for this is that we may need these at some stage into the future because bacteria changes. COVID is a good example of it. Variants of COVID are, are changes in how that virus works. And it's no different to bacteria. Over time, bacteria can adjust and change as well. And as a result of that, uh, our antibiotics may fail to deal with those. So it's important that we preserve or reserve our antibiotics that will be of, or that are kind of the stronger, uh, more powerful antibiotics maybe, that we reserve those for cases where we need them. So it's important that we only use what we need and when we need it. And um, so I suppose the lower shelf uh, being the, the wrong term to use, but the lower shelf of the the stand in terms of what antibiotics are available are the first protocol and it's only if we have issues that we can't deal that vets are going to start moving up in terms of the strength of the product that's going to be used and the, and maybe the ingredient that's used as well. So as I said, um, I, I'm not in a position to play that video that Shane McElroy did today because I don't have a strong enough signal where, here where I am. Um, but I would refer you to look that up. So just try, uh, it, it was done back in 2016. So if you just go, um, Google milk sampling, uh, Zambia 2016, maybe you should find it on YouTube. Uh, and it will just show you the process to go through in terms of making sure that you take that clean hygienic sample. The other thing that I've forgotten to mention there, and the, the critical piece, I suppose, in terms of avoiding uh, contamination entering sample bottles, is that you need to hold the sample bottle at a 45 degree angle away from the quarter that you're sampling, not uh, under the quarter. So if it makes sense to reason that if we're going to draw a quarter straight down, and there's any bit of debris, no matter how much um, preparation we have, even if it's only dust that's stuck to the hair of the other, uh, we could potentially enter that into the bottle if we draw it down straight. If we hold the sample bottle at a 45 degree angle and draw across into the bottle, which will require a bit of target practice, I suppose, or a bit of accuracy in terms of our stream of milk, um, we will avoid that scenario that we'll just get the milk going into the bottle. Cap the bottle, obviously, as I said, number, uh, label it, uh, store it in, in kind of refrigerated conditions or at least four degrees or, or low cool water maybe while you're temporarily taking the samples until such time as you can get it to the vet and then the process goes from there so it's important that people do that and it's important that people do that re uh, relatively quickly now in the next number of days because um, if you've identified cows from milk recording previous to now you could use those cmt test those paddle test them and send away the samples next week as i said it's going to take a couple of days to get those samples back so today being the 13th, if we were lucky and we got stuff back very quickly next week, it's going to be the 20th or 21st at the earliest before you know. And people are beginning to get in, uh, on the journey of, of drawing off cows now. So we need to know what antibiotic we are going to have available. And especially, I suppose, cows that have had high cell counts during this year will need longer dry periods. So they will be being dried off earlier. So we're going to need to know what antibiotic we can use. So as I said, um, very short whistle stop tour. Recommend that you look up that video if you want to see about sampling technique. Uh, take the samples hygienically, get them away to the vet as quickly as possible uh, and get your results back. Make the right decisions in terms of the product that you're going to use and uh, fingers crossed it will be successful outcomes from that. We'll talk to you again next week. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series and don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.